We're happy to have this episode sponsored by Real Mushrooms. You probably already know about some of the great benefits of adding mushrooms to your diet, like better sleep, greater mental clarity, and a stronger immune system, but not all mushroom products are equal. Real Mushrooms is the real deal. Many mushroom companies harvest the mushroom and the grain it's growing on. Real Mushrooms products contain no grains or starch fillers. They're organic, cultivated naturally, and third-party verified for beta-glucans, the compound that makes them so valuable as a supplement. They even have a science and medical team of doctors who ensure that Real Mushrooms meets the highest standards. What I personally love is how informative their website is. Have questions about what mushroom is right for you? They have a robust blog with articles ranging from women's health to what mushrooms are most beneficial to your pet. Want to boost your immune system? Have better sleep and feel more calm? Grab the link in the show notes and get 25% off of your first order. Curiously enough, acupuncture is not just sticking needles into people. It's part of a coherent and observation-based medicine that experienced practitioners of the art have handed down over the centuries. I'm Michael Max, your host and guide of Everyday Acupuncture. Listen in as we explore how you can apply the principles of this ancient medicine in your everyday life. Hey everybody, welcome to the show. I'm here today at the American Academy of Medical Acupuncture's conference in St. Louis, Missouri. This will be one of the probably numerous shows that we're going to have with some interviews of the doctors and acupuncturists or doctor acupuncturists that are here gathering in St. Louis, Missouri for a couple of few days. Today, I'm really happy to have Jerry LeGlue with me. Jerry's a doctor in Alexandria, Louisiana, and uh, Jerry, welcome to the show. Well, thank you. Good to be here. Welcome to St. Louis. Uh, great to be here as well. Yeah. So, I'm curious. You're, you're a medical doctor. You're an I MD. Am. Yes. How did you get involved in acupuncture? Well, I've been involved with acupuncture for roughly eight years now, and basically running an outpatient musculoskeletal practice for several years. Got tired of the over-medication and over-testing and under-results, and I've had a TCM physician in my office for the last 18, 20 years now. That's a, that's a fair amount of time. How did you first get yourself a TCM practitioner? Well, strange enough, in the state of Louisiana, to be an acupuncturist, you have to be an MD. So LACs cannot license without physician supervision. I see. Is it still that way? It's still that way. It's still that way. Now, they've, they've changed some of the supervision requirements, but again, to be an acupuncturist by trade, you have to be MD or DO. Okay. And so this gentleman I met roughly 18, 20 years ago, somewhat exposed to acupuncture in my training i was curious what he could do and mm. so i sent him some really tough pain patients again most of my practice is pain so you, I sent you him, wouldn't send him a softball would you no no, no. <laughs> i sent him fibromyalgia patients okay the, the dumping ground patient for uh -huh. us is rehab docs and he did some pretty amazing things and had incredible results uh, with only two or three treatments so he, he and i have been friends for years together now and he's still with me at this point yeah that's great what were some of those results that you were seeing with the fibromyalgia patients that really caught your attention? The pain was significantly improved. Their quality of life improved. Their energy levels turned up. Mm -hmm. And when he got those kind of results, it's like, yeah, I'll be happy to supervise you. And again, the years have gone by now. Um, me getting interested in acupuncture myself uh, basically was as a result, again, over-medicating patients, not getting results with pills. 
And so several years ago, eight years ago, I talked to my wife. I said, I've got to go do something different. And I ultimately took the Helms course, uh, Helms Medical Institute course for acupuncture for physicians and have been strongly involved with that entity and acupuncture since. Right. How much of your practice these days is acupuncture and how much is, uh, what do we call it, a conventional medicine? Probably one-third acupuncture personally and two-thirds Western medicine. Um, almost everybody comes in my office the first time and gets stuck with needles one way or another for no other reason to expose them to something different. Mm-hmm. Um, I do a lot of ear points, French acupuncture, and so almost everyone gets ear points for no other reason to reduce pain before they leave the office. Right. Okay, so... For our listeners here who may not be familiar with this, mm-hmm. French acupuncture, ear acupuncture, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, tell us a little bit more about those. Well, the French acupuncture, there was a physician in France after World War II that had set up shop basically next to some small town in Germany. And uh, the story was that he was seeing patients come to his office as a physician with little burns in their ears. And he began to inquire about that. And there was a lady down the road that he met whose father was in the military and was in Indochina stationed over there as France somehow colonized Indochina. You know, he had learned some skills when he was stationed in somewhere Indochina. So this would have been like what, early 1900s or something? No, this was in the late 40s, late 40s, late 40s early 50s. All right. And so this particular gentleman began to uh, study the, the ear points and, and sort of resurged what I, I think were sort of fallen by the wayside points from a Chinese standpoint. And uh, at this point in time, there's a guy named Terry Olson who's done a lot of work with the French ear points. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's an LAC that does acupuncture and has written many books on the ear points. And Helms, because we do a lot of pain medicine, has incorporated this through his training courses. And I do a lot of ear acupuncture, instant results. It's fascinating. Instant results. It's a microsystem. We can get instant results with ear points. Uh-huh. So what does it mean that it's a microsystem? Well, we, control, we can control the whole body with the ear like a Korean hand technique. It's kind of like when your wife grabs you by your ear and says, come along, honey. I can do some interesting things with the ears. That's correct. <laughs> but uh, yeah, as a micro system, we can treat the whole body through the ear. You uh-huh. know, uh, similar to the Korean hand therapy, you can treat the body with the hand or the, you know, the, the Japanese Yamamoto techniques and so forth. Uh, ear points are, are, are very fascinating. Um, Military has incorporated quite a bit of them. Uh, at this point, a lot of the military physicians and, and uh, medics have been trained on ear points, and they're doing ear point acupuncture in the battlefield, auricular trauma protocols on traumatized soldiers. So this is great stuff for pain, and it's, and it's great stuff also on the emotional level, it sounds like. Excellent, if, excellent. If emotional trauma is involved. That's right. Take the pain down. They still see some unusual situations. They can kind of panic. So there's points we do to get them very calm, very relaxed, and just sort of settle them with the situation at hand. So helpful for PS, uh, PTSD? Absolutely. Absolutely. The, the, the ear points are great for PTSD. Uh, Chinese scalp. Uh, uh, perhaps you know Dr. Zhao Shunfa. Sure. Uh, Zhao Shunfa's Chinese scalp techniques are very good for, for PTSD and so forth and brain trauma. Mm-hmm. And stroke. Absolutely. Absolutely. Any central nervous system lesions respond very well. Spinal cord injuries, they all do quite well actually with Chinese scalp. Great. So you went and studied at this uh, Joseph Helms course. I did. What I happened did. after that? Uh, actually, let me back up sure. for a moment. While you were studying in that course, mm-hmm. Is there anything in particular that just kind of opened up your ideas about how the body works or how acupuncture works or, or, or just how the healing process Well, it did. Unfolds? I mean, first of all, and, and, and Dr. Helms will tell you up front, 
step outside your allopathic thinking box. Okay, forget everything you know as a Western physician because we're going to use terms here that may overlap but have nothing to do. You know, in other words, talking about the meridians and so forth, you know, mm-hmm. shallion, tie on, kidney, liver, and so, you know, such. Uh, don't think about the necessarily the physiologic functions as much as the, the energetic functions of those channels and so forth. So, Well, you know, we have to do that, too, even as an LAC. Okay. We all walk in with a Western mind mm-hmm. okay. and, and learning to just not get rid of it, mm-hmm. but just mm-hmm. put it to the side. Right, is, right. I think we all face a similar problem, mm-hmm. or okay. I should say challenge. I understand. Yeah. I understand. Yeah. Yeah. So going back to the, the deal with Helms, it, uh, basically I went in, I guess you'd say, relatively ignorant although I had an LAC in my practice I saw him do things I, I did not understand how he was doing what he was doing you kind of like that curiosity uh, I did like the curiosity <laughs> and, I, and I still like the curiosity of it although I have some understanding of it uh-huh yeah yeah I don't know if you find this to be true I find that the more I learn about this stuff the more curious I got. Oh, absolutely. There's, there's no end to it. We have thousands of years worth of information. And new patients every day that absolutely. are completely different from the patient that walked in an hour mm-hmm. ago. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So these days in your clinic, what makes you decide I'm going to work with this person with acupuncture? I'm going to work with this person with physical therapy, maybe this person, even some medication. Yeah. I mean, I, I bring both worlds together. Uh, generally in an acute situation, I will do my allopathic Western medicine. I do have physical therapy in my office. Almost anything chronic, I'll suggest to a patient, if you're not opposed to the concept, let's try alternative first for two reasons. First of all, it doesn't hurt. Mm-hmm. Secondly, it's extremely efficient and effective yeah. in trying to curtail unnecessary pain. And, and frankly, from a financial expense standpoint, it's much more cost effective for me to step out and do alternative medicine in a chronic patient than to do acute stuff, which may require six, eight, two or three, you know, six, eight weeks worth of physical therapy. Very painful, very uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. I try and encourage a patient to do some basic stretching. I have really pretty much handouts for different types of exercises based on what body part I'm addressing. I said, let's step out the box. Let's try alternative first. And if I can't make a significant change in two or three treatments, we can always backtrack and go Western allopathic medicine if you want to. Right. And most patients are amenable to that. They don't want pain. No, and they and if they can save some money, that's even better. Yeah, absolutely. So this brings up a really big question for me, mostly because, at least here in Missouri, mm-hmm. I don't know what it's like in Louisiana, but mm-hmm. insurance companies don't cover acupuncture. Right, right. They'll cover going to see a doctor and getting medication. Right. But they won't cover acupuncture, and so people come to me, mm-hmm. you know, or other acupuncturists in, in situations, you know, like we are here in Missouri. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they'll go, well, it, it's going to be more expensive or I'm going to have to pay for this out of my pocket. So right. how is that less expensive for them? Well, in, in my world down there, I do a lot of medical, legal medicine, a lot of workers' compensation and so forth. Mm. And workers' compensation does reimburse acupuncture. They will, they will, they will reimburse down. acupuncture. Um, patients who don't have any, any financial resources to, to see me as a physician respectfully or pursue my, my uh, arena, I'll send them to the LAC in my office who from a financial standpoint, charges $75 a visit, start to finish one way or the other. And it's, it's, it's much more cost effective for them to see him. Mm-hmm. He's an independent contractor, so he has an overhead. And uh, I've got seven full-time employees. I have to generate enough cash to pay for everybody. So I'll say, if we don't have a reimbursement system in place that's going to pay for this, let's go to the acupuncturist in the office, the LAC. And because it's cost-effective. Because it's cost-effective, yeah. yeah. And he'll see somebody two or three times, and you're going to make a significant change. Our listeners here who might be dealing with pain, yeah, 
and, and they're really not sure where to turn. Yeah. And, you know, they've, I'm sure they've heard of acupuncture because mm-hmm. these days every, almost everyone's heard of acupuncture mm-hmm. and it's famous for treating pain. Mm-hmm. I mean, it treats a lot of other stuff as, as we know, right. but famous for pain. But what are the expectations that a person seeking out an acupuncturist to treat their chronic pain should have? Well, right, because it, it, it's sometimes hard to tear apart the, the myth from the, the reality. As a rehab doc, we're, we're in, in our f- world of allopathic medicine, we're sort of holistic physicians, if you would, anyway. We're not dealing just with this particular body part that hurts. We look at the patient as far as function, you know, their quality of life, day-to-day activities, basic living skills, and so forth. And if, it, if it's a relatively acute situation, not chronic, I'm, I'm confident we can get that pain in check and probably resolve it. If it's a chronic situation, at the least we can make it manageable with minimal medications, perhaps come off all medications and improve quality of life. But again, in, it's not just needles alone. It's a lifestyle change. I encourage patients to consider yoga, tai chi, do water exercises, you know, stretch and breathe, tap into things that we're tapping into with our needles on their own. You know, yeah. It gives them some empowerment to, to control this even when they can't come to the office. If you'll establish a certain lifestyle, uh, stretching, breathing, dietary modifications, things do get better. Mother Nature responds to that. When you're thinking dietary, what kinds of things would you recommend people either they eat or, or probably more importantly, they avoid? Uh, and I'm not the expert on that, to be honest with you. I send most of them to Steve, uh, the other acupuncturist in the office. But obviously, I think you're staying away from processed foods. Um, the, big, the big deal in our world right now is gluten-free and, and, and uh, anything white, white rice, white bread, uh, anything overly processed. I certainly try to stay organic. I think that we're being chemical to death over here between the pesticides and herbicides in the foods. Uh, everything you can do organic is better, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Helps Mother Nature to do uh, what Mother Nature does. Well, we're designed to eat but not eat poison. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we have to eat but not eat negative chemicals, in my opinion. How would you say that learning Chinese medicine has changed how you work as a doctor? It's made me a better physician. In what I, way? I can, I can get better results with my patients with no harm, no side effects, no negative implications or consequences. You know, even as a Western doctor, we, we, do, I, we do use medications. I still use medications uh, more reluctantly than I did historically. But... Um, our first oath is do no harm, you know, and, and you know, we, there, there are issues, in my opinion, uh, with medications that are very negative. And, uh, I mean, forget the addiction issues with, with pain medications and so forth. It's, it's the implications on other organ systems. You'll try to fix one problem and create another problem in the body, again, for altering chemistry, if you would. There's all kinds of downstream consequences. I, I, I firmly believe after practicing for 30 years, yeah, there's definitely negative implications to chronic medication use. And it's not necessary in, in, all, in all the circumstances that we're using them in today. One of the things that I enjoy about doing the kind of medicine that, well, you know, we both practice, mm-hmm. really. Mm-hmm. There's that do-no-harm piece. Mm-hmm. But there's also a time frame on that do no harm because sometimes you can do something that will be helpful today, mm-hmm. but it's going to cause you all kinds of trouble five, maybe 10 years down right. the road. Right. And I think it's, it's probably important to look at the time frames. Mm-hmm. Of course, we want to help somebody today. Mm-hmm. We want them to feel better today. Mm-hmm. We want them to feel better next week. Mm-hmm. How are they going to be five years down the road? 
Well, again, it's based on them assuming some responsibility as well and making some lifestyle modifications. You know, we in the West, and, and, and Joe Helms calls it the great American malady, we're all overstimulated uh, with coughing, caffeine, nicotine, and making some changes. Uh, uh, and again, empowering the patient to, to have some say-so. I mean, in, in, in my opinion or experience in the world of allopathic medicine, uh, patients really don't have much control. Uh, it's a matter of do what the doctor tells you, and this is it, and this is what you're going to do. And, and they're, they're a passive participant. Uh, whereas the Eastern approach, they, I assume, and I almost insist, take an active role here, and there will be positive changes. Yeah. Um, it's really a kind of a partnership, isn't it? It is. It is. I mean, it, it's, it's a positive energy versus a negative energy, if you would. Mm -hmm. um, you talked about overstimulation, mm -hmm. right? And especially with all the devices that we have these days, you know, and the one that's here on the table and yeah. the ones that we put up to our ears and communicate with all the time. Talk to me more about how hyperstimulation affects the nervous system and, and in turn changes a person's experience of pain. Mm -hmm. Well, from, from, a, from a biochemical neurotransmitter level, it changes neurotransmitter levels. It's just like a, a pain syndrome, like a depression, changes neurotransmitter levels and presents with a, uh, uh, a symptom, if you would. Uh, patients in pain, patients who are depressed have very similar uh, uh, presentations, if you would, pain and, and depression or behaviors, which I think brings up another point I do want to mention. The mood disorders, as you well know, respond extremely well to acupuncture. I can't tell you the scores of people I've taken off of all mood-stabilizing drugs, if you would, uh, just normalizing liver chi and, and taking away some of the stagnation and so forth. It's pretty interesting, isn't it? I can tell you with certainty, every person with the exception of one person I've treated that legitimately want to come off uh, psychotropics for depression and mood disorders have come off all of them within a few, a few weeks of tapering medications as we, as you know, tonify liver chi and so forth, liver system. Um, besides pain, the mood disorders respond extremely well to alternative medicine. And most of these patients don't want medications. They just want to feel better. Of course. Uh, Do you see a connection between chronic pain and mood disorders? Absolutely. There is an absolute uh, correlation between the two. Again, based on neurotransmitter changes that occur in both instances, if you would. Mm -hmm. uh, again, Western medicine gives you medications to alter neurotransmitters. Eastern medicine identifies energetic issues and, and takes what they need for for uh, mood-altering substances, if you would. I love doing this stuff. <laughs> well, it's fun. <laughs> it's fun, you know. How it's many, fun. You know, it is, but tell me more about the fun part well, of, uh, of practicing in the way that you practice these days. After practicing for close to 25 years, pure allopathic, I can tell you I was burning out. Uh, I was working pretty decent hours, but was just tired of the same thing over and over again. I can truly tell you getting up and going to work every day is a fun thing. Uh, because of what I can do with a, with a, a box of needles and, uh, you know, some herbs. Right. You do some herbal medicine as well? I do very little. I usually send it to Steve. Steve, what do you need to get for this? And Steve's the other acupuncturist at LAC in my office. But, yeah, I mean, as you well know, everything we're doing with needles can be alternatively done with herbs for the most part. Right. And either in conjunction uh, with or as an alternative to. Helms, of course, to divert a little bit. When you take his courses, once you get some of the basics down, he will split the class up based on primary care doctors, internists, uh, family physicians, and so forth, mm -hmm. and then take pain guys like me, uh, 
PM&R doctors, anesthesiologists, and so forth that focus on pain and begins to focus on what we're going to do in the real world day-to-day practice. So my exposure to herbs is fairly limited uh, because I'm a pain guy. Right. So you use the needles more. I use the needles more, whereas the primary care doctors training through his courses will go more towards herbal training for the second half, if you would, of of his series of courses and so forth. That's why my knowledge of herbs is very limited. Other than cramming a little bit of information in for board certification, I don't use them day to day. (laughs) (laughs) I understand. Well, there's something that you said just a moment ago about about the acupuncture and the herbs that related to the lifestyle changes. Yeah. Right. That that there are there's this innate ability that we all have. Mm -hmm. It's built into us. Right. Mm -hmm. It's evolved into us from you know, however long we've been living on this planet, right? Yeah. Millennia. Yeah. It's, it, it, it's uncountable. And the body really wants to be in balance and it wants to be in health and it knows how to fix itself. Yeah, that's right. You may have this experience where patients will ask you, what did you put on that needle or what are you putting on these needles? Yeah. Right? To, yeah. to bring this effect. Routinely. Yes. Because yeah. we're so used to something being put into us. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. But the thing about the needles is they're simply calling a response mm-hmm. that's already innate, maybe resting, mm-hmm. but calling mm-hmm. it out of us. I just tell my patients we're giving Mother Nature a little, a little, a little nudge. A little nudge. She designed to fix everything that's exposed to her, basically, and we just give her a little nudge. You know, and I think in a fairly simplistic way, it's it's that simple. Yeah. How is it? All right. This is this is a fun question. Mm-hmm. So how is it that acupuncture works? Well, from your point of view, again. It, it, I mean, we can sit here and discuss we have an excess or deficiency or whatever for those that have the understanding. But to me, it's just tapping into Mother Nature's ability to, to fix something that she's not responded real well to, either for lack of understanding of a, a patient to, to, for example, stretch a muscle that hurts versus don't move. Mm-hmm. Um, or, again, if there's some sort of a chemical imbalance that we're using medications for, we can change those imbalances with needles and or herbs. And some lifestyle. Yeah, lifestyle. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to wind this up here in a moment, but before we do, is there anything else that you'd want to say to people that are dealing with, well, let's say chronic pain? Yeah. Because that, that's a tough one. Yeah. Anything else you want to say to them about how they might want to consider acupuncture or uh, maybe even more than acupuncture? Just what, what kind of advice might you have for them? Well, first of all, I can tell you there's hope. I mean, there is hope. Uh, I, I'm, I'm a Southern boy born in the United States. I mean, I'm an American through and through. We're basically indoctrinated and, you know, going through the allopathic Western system, through LSU Medical School and so forth. We're, we're taught that there's a pill for everything, in my opinion. doesn't seem to integrate uh, necessarily lifestyle modifications. You have some specialties that do that. But in my opinion, they're just teaching men and women how to give medications and chase symptoms and not get to the root cause of the problem. Now, we, as you probably know, there is a little undercurrent. Uh, functional medicine is trying to get to the root cause of the problem, and I mm-hmm. think they're, they're probably barking up the right tree uh, in, in, in defense of allopathic medicine. But again, to go back to the question about pain, there, there's hope. Uh, I encourage you to step outside the box if you've not getting the results you're looking for with traditional medicine. Find a good trained uh, acupuncturist and just give it a shot. You know, okay. And again, uh, understand there is some personal responsibility. There is no magic here. We can take pain down comfortably temporarily if it's been chronic, but to have a long-term result, you should make some lifestyle modifications in all probability. And it can get in check, and it can get manageable to improve quality of life and function. Great. 
Jerry, thanks so much for spending a little time with us today. No, it's my pleasure. It's nice talking to you. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Everyday Acupuncture. If so, please take a moment, click on the iTunes review button, and leave a review of the show. And be sure to tune in again next week. 